This episode of Unreasonable Doubt is sponsored by Podcorn. What is Podcorn? Well, are you a podcaster? If you are, you do it for fun. You also maybe want to make some money doing it. The tough part is finding sponsors. And if you've done a podcast, you know that can be interesting. Podcorn's making it easy, and I found it easy by using Podcorn. It's a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform. I did it. Set their own rates. I did it. And collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. I'm doing that right now. Click the link in my show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Podcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown is doing the chop, baby. Oh, no. What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From outside the Permanti in the Permanti Brothers parking lot in Morgantown, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 19, Missouri with Neil Stone. Neil's here. Hey. Oh, geez. Thanks for having me. It's been a wonderful trip. All right. Picture Neil and I in my sedan out in the rain outside the Permanti Brothers in Morgantown. Listen, you're going. I'm going to play a clip later of what it sounded like in the Permanti Brothers. And it was swell. The music, great. TVs everywhere. Food delicious. Can't say enough about uh, the hospitality that Permanti Brothers provided. Too loud. Too loud for a podcast. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of country music. A lot of Queen, David Bowie. Um... Yeah, little, little mixture of everything, but yeah, you can't hear for uh, for the podcast. Evanescence, yes, Evanescence. Dude, I heard Evanescence. All right, follow me on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV. Twitter, tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know, oh man, 2020 is going to be such a great year for Facebook politics, you know. But uh, you won't find that on the Unreal Unreasonable Doubt podcast page on Facebook, but still find it, hit the blue thumb, follow the podcast there. In the show notes for this show, there is a link where you can buy Unreasonable Doubt podcast gear. So click it. Do it. Neil and I were in the Coliseum to watch West Virginia beat Missouri 74-51, West Virginia's second win all time in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Neil, give me your initial thoughts on what you saw today in the Coliseum. Well, it was uh, it was a roller coaster. Uh, felt good, felt good at the beginning, uh, at the half. Um, wasn't wasn't too sure about what was going on, what I was seeing, uh, but it didn't take long in the second half to uh, get some good rhythm going and uh, and put them away fairly early. 
Dude, it, it, it was setting up to be a nail-biter, right? So first half, West Virginia goes out to a 14-point lead. They're up 20-6. to six, And then it ends up being 24-23 at the half. Uh, West Virginia didn't score for five minutes once they went up 20-6. to six. Missouri made some open threes. And they actually, if they'd have made a shot at the end of the first half, they would have been up at the half, which would have been mind-boggling. Yes. Um, but as you said, Neil, come out second half, trade some baskets. Then Jordan McCabe hits a big three for West Virginia to go up six. And with that, and really the rest of the time, West Virginia outscored Missouri 23-2 to in the first seven and a half minutes. Get some breathing room. And it really... Missouri never cut it close after that. No. Uh, early on, we were talking during the game, uh, Missouri was having a lot of trouble hitting three-point shots. But once they hit one, they hit about what, three or four in a row. Yep. Um, and it helped them get right back into it, along with us uh, having a long scoring drought. And we talked about that on the way up, that uh, we have way too many of those. Um, but in the second half, you noticed uh, our pressure was up a little bit. Um a lot of backcourt. I've never seen so many backcourt violations. Uh, Missouri throwing the ball back across court, not not anywhere near a receiving uh, player. And Oscar didn't get one of those today. No, no, he did not. He got one against Texas. Um, but we had we did have a lot of guys stepping in the middle, uh, getting some uh, getting some steals, and hitting mid range jumpers. Some we didn't try to do in the first half. Right. We stood there trying to force the ball into Oscar or Culver and. Uh, had a few little throwaways, and but we started hitting those mid-range jumpers, bringing them out on us a little bit. Then, uh, then we started putting them away from there. We started getting the ball inside. Couldn't make foul shots for Culver, but everybody else was. Right. So let's go through how everybody did. So the leading scores, one makes sense in the Coliseum. Like you would say, watching Jermaine Haley would be a leading scorer. Like he was getting Jermaine Haley shots. Yes. Getting position inside getting the two-foot shot to go in. He had a putback. He made all of his free throws, I believe. So that guy had 15. The quiet 15 came from Deuce McBride. Yes. Um, Like, watching that game, like, at the end, it's like, oh, look at that. Look, McBride's got 15. But in the middle of it, he, he di- it didn't really feel like he was going to lead the team in scoring. Um, Yeah, some, uh, some interesting drives of the basket where it just seemed like they just let him right on by, getting right to the rim. That's a skill. Like, he's done that a few games where he's dribbling, dribbling, getting closer to the rim. Like, some guys would pick up their dribble. He keeps his dribble and gets a layup, like almost an uncontested layup. It's it's very weird how he does that, but that's like a Deuce McBride gift. Yeah. Um, So those guys led in scoring. Oscar Shibway with a quiet 14-8. and A lot of his points in the first half, but just like, really, Oscar. I mean, he's has he has these quiet fourteen and eights, eleven and nines, where nothing spectacular. Finished with a few dunks, um, on some fast break opportunities, uh, dunk on a put back. But just like at the end of the game, he's got fourteen points. Well, and you had that time there, at the beginning of the second half, where. Uh, he was doing some things Hugs didn't like, evidently. Right. And and he turns around uh, after Culver sits for a minute after getting his third foul. He brings Culver right back in for him. And you don't see Shibway uh, for probably seven, eight minutes of the game. Right. And, uh, you know, he 
he probably could have had his double double had uh, had he not missed that time. I think I think um, I think our buddy Gabe led the team in minutes with twenty six. <laughs> so it's not like it's not like the Javon Carter senior year where he's he's going thirty eight minutes a game. Everybody's playing like twenty some minutes, and these and these stat lines. If he played thirty minutes, what would that look like? I mean, it's it's impressive. And like you said, long stretch in the second half, no Oscar. Right. Well, but and with the the intensity we put in defense now, we have to have that deep bench because uh, we spoke earlier the rotation we see on this defense covering for each other. Um, they they can't go that long. Carter Carter's a a rare uh, player. He's you know he could go those thirty eight minutes play baseline to baseline. Um, you don't get a lot of players with uh, with those kind of lungs. Right. No, it, it's. We went away from Press Virginia. This is not Press Virginia. Even though they're applying pressure full court, they're basically doing man-to-man, no trap, but they're going hard. And those rotations, yeah. I mean, it's not like Huggins is teaching it different, but they're fresh. Guys are running out. Uh, they, you know, Missouri had some open threes, and they made a couple in the first half. But overall, your three-point defense percentage is good because guys are are busting butt getting to the perimeter. Yeah, you've got guys who uh, who take just as much pride in uh, pleasing Huggins with defense just as much as he'd be pleased with them making baskets. Yeah, that's a culture change because that was not here last year. Um, Taz Sherman, big second half. He had seven points in the second half, ended up with nine. Uh, strong showing from him, just like confidently – Getting that mid-range shot, he made a three. Uh, he had a good, good game. Um, anybody else stand out positive? But I mean, Gabe, right? Right. It's the, like, don't look at his point line. I mean, he's he, his last two games was strong offensively, but that's like the that's not the that's the exception to the rule, right? Oh yeah. Because today, great Gabe game took charges. Got two points on O of three shooting, twelve rebounds, but he deserves to be out there. And when Culver had three fouls, Gabe comes in, and again, it's not like he's scoring, but it it they do well with Gabe on the floor. Um, I like I liked uh, Jordan McCabe's game today. Mm. Um, the you know, he he doesn't try to do too much. Uh, he looks like he's being a little fancy sometimes with the dribble, but all he's trying to do is keep space. He's trying to keep things moving. And uh, he doesn't try to go to the basket with without a lane to go through. Um, you know, he just, like I say, he just keeps the offense going, and, and he doesn't try to force up shots where he doesn't have them. He's he's not having a good year shooting, and he recognizes that, and uh, he's playing through that with other things. He's he's trying to get the ball inside to his two big guys, but he'll still take the shot if he's wide open, and he's starting to starting to put them down now. It seems like every game you've got a Jordan McCabe three that goes down. Again, he's not lighting the world on fire, but like we're seeing more of Jordan McCabe these last few games. Yes. And I think that's based on how he ended the season last year. That's good for the Mountaineers. Uh, on the negative side, Culver. <laughs> so Culver, you know, he has he ends the game with 11 rebounds. He has a couple of blocks. He's getting position like he he was making his moves like he usually does, and for whatever reason, like they weren't even close today. Oh no, um, I think a couple of or at least one of Taz's uh, uh, made uh, 
mid-range jumpers was just from being on the other side of the rim of something he threw across the backboard. Right. Um, like, not close. I mean, he's five feet out. Right. But he was a he was a possession guy today. He was getting a lot of rebounds, a lot of offensive rebounds, keeping the ball on our end. Um, now, you know, just think if he makes uh, four, four – if he goes four of six from the line – and makes half of his field goals. This game didn't even. It's it's not close at any point. So when you say he makes four of six from the line, what like how did he do from the line today? Um, he would need, he would have had to have made four more free throws <laughs> to go four of six. <laughs> Dude, it was bad. Like Cole, he wasn't even close. I mean, none of them even like like a like the first one hit the backboard first. Like it, it they're off center. Just like I don't know what. I'm not an expert in free throw shooting. I understand that big guys don't shoot free throws typically as well as guards. Uh, but something and, – and, again, we saw him make a lot of free throws this year. Yes. Like, that happened. Did, did he not uh, get, go to, like, 78% through the first three or four games Dude, of the season? like, he was killing it. And now he can't buy a free throw. And he – could have shot more, but he missed a lot of, or he missed a couple of uh, the front of a one on one. Just, um, it's a, it's a, we won, and we the basketball team won. I, I wasn't playing, <laughs> but they, um, but just a weird off shooting day for Culver, but not terrible. He wasn't terrible. It just, but his shots were not getting close. And then another weird Emmett Matthews game. So he shot three shots last game. But everybody's like, all right, Emmett Matthews is back. Today he played like 10 minutes. He was 0 for 1, made 1 of 2 from the free throw line, hit the ground hard on a drive early in the second half, and we didn't see him again. Should we be concerned about Emmett Matthews? He's another guy who plays hard. Uh, He's another guy defensively. um, You see him all over the place. You see him covering for for other guys. He's picking up uh, open men uh, when he gets screened. He's he's doing the things he needs to do on that end of the court. On the other end of the court, he's not getting things to fall. And it's kind of like uh, McCabe's game. Uh, you know, he gets he gets the things going. He starts. He's kind of gets uh, the flow going. And then when you need scoring, he has to come out. And that's kind of what we're seeing with Matthews. When you need defense and rebounding, you'll see him in there. But when you need scoring, you, you know, he he comes right out. So uh, you're not concerned. I'm not concerned. I think I think he'll find it. Uh, kind of like with McCabe, he'll find it eventually. And, and and again with McCabe, you know what was he doing as soon as the the game was over during Huggins? He was the guy putting up shots during the Huggins uh, post game comments. Yes, uh, he's out there working hard. Um, so again, you, you know these guys they they know what Huggins wants. They uh, they know how to play hard. Um, it, it'll all come. I think it'll all figure out for him again i'm not complaining it's a 23 point win uh so that's a win in in many ways it's just i think emmett matthews to your point he's got to be a hustle guy because the offense doesn't flow through emmett matthews right they're not calling plays they're calling plays for haley we're always calling plays to get the ball inside the culver and oscar and so what who's left out in that equation it's emmett matthews so like They've got to – maybe Huggins has to do that. Maybe to get him going, like run a couple plays for Emmett Matthews early in the game, and maybe he's more engaged offensively. Well, 
early on, early in the season, we needed him. We needed him. And he was making shots, right? Uh, but now you've got McBride. Uh, he's he's putting in his points. Uh, Taz is starting to come around. And um, and uh, you're getting, you know, you're every night double-double or almost double-double out of Oscar. Um, yeah, the points are coming from other places. And just think, if everything was consistent on the offensive end, how much better we would be, what, what our record would be. Um, against Kansas, we, we, we might pull that game out. We, we had it close all game. We a little consistent on the offensive end. We may be a two-loss team right now. Yeah. I'm not complaining. But I checked the Ken Palm ratings. We've got a lot of games to go Saturday. But West Virginia is now in the top five and actually jumped Baylor after today's win. Now, Baylor's going to play later against somebody from the SEC. I don't I don't know who they're playing. But they're probably going to win because they're really good and they're number one in the nation. But anyways, uh, a win's a win. And especially in this weird kind of take a break from conference before you jump back into it the rest of the way, funky first half, strong second half. Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor for Unreasonable Doubt. They are a veteran-owned, family-owned, full-service graphic shop. Guess what? They make custom designs for every job they work on. Guess what else? They charge no design or screen fees. Guess what else? They help with the new logo for Unreasonable Doubt. Guess what else? I can call that logo new as long as I want. It's new to me. They can help you with your design and put that design on over 1 million promotional products. Do you want your logo on a toothpaste dispenser? Dyer Prime can do that. Could they put your design on your driver's license? I, I have no idea. They probably cannot do that. But I don't know. Call or text them and find out. 304-767-4445. Find them on the web. DyerPrime.com. D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Still in the parking lot. Uh, Missouri. A Missouri. Uh, you got three Smiths. Okay? So number one, that's way too many Smiths. Smith's a popular name. I get it. Um... Maybe you start one Smith and, and then two Smiths come off the bench. Mix up your Smiths. What Missouri is deciding to do is that they're starting three Smiths, okay? And one of them leads the team in scoring. Today, he only had two points. The combined efforts of the Smiths, they only had nine points total. So I'm saying you need to try something different with your Smiths. But obviously, way too many Smiths. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, me personally, I, I feel like if in the first half, especially if the game is called as closely against them as it was against us, I think we get all three Smiths fouled out. <laughs> That's 15 fouls. The, the Smiths have 15 fouls. And yes. you're right. Um, the home team was getting way more fouls than the, than the away team in the first half. Yes. Um, I think we were at 10 before they got their fifth one. Well, I, 
Just have either. I mean, you've got options, Missouri. You can. You've got a leading scorer in a Smith and a leading rebounder in a Smith. So keep those guys. Maybe get rid of the other Smith, or um, have that other Smith come off the bench. Um, mix up your Smiths is what I'm saying. You're front loading the Smiths, and it wasn't effective for you today. Or uh, how about all of them change their last name to Smith? They're all. All Smith. the rest of the Missouri players. Yes, they are, they're all Smith. So Huggins is like, oh, go guard Smith. Right. <laughs> it's like, coach, they're all Smiths. That's a little, that's a Smith bit. <clears throat> uh, so too many Smiths. Um, so Neil and I were in the upper level on the aisle. And yet, listen, I I need to lose some weight. All right. You're t- the, the two guys in this car we're not on the skinny frame, okay? And that may help this uh, before I say it. But, Neil, it felt like I was in an airplane uh, sitting at the Coliseum. Because there was two gentlemen of our body type beside us. And I couldn't get my shoulders all the way back. I had to take a long walk at halftime because I thought I was going to have a pinched nerve. Make the seats farther apart. Yes. And... and- uh, I would like to say on air, uh, I appreciate you giving me the aisle seat. Um, I tried to make things as easy as, as I could with you. My feet were practically down in the, in the steps. Uh, but, yes, it, it's very, uh, very narrow in there. Or have, you know, you know, like now the theaters now, you can, you can like basically lay down in the theater to see a movie. <laughs> but before that, they had like just regular seats, you know. And then the uh, the armrest, you could move it up. Right. So maybe that's the fix. And, maybe, and, and you could put your soda in it. You could put your soda pop in it. So I'm not I'm not going to be greedy and ask for the pop holder. But what I'm saying is have the uh, armrest move up so I'm not um, basically in another man's lap. Correct. Yes. That's it. So I, they're doing Coliseum upgrades over the summer. Maybe that will involve um, something to where I don't feel like I'm crammed into a sardine <laughs> box. Or I'll just lose some weight, or neither. Well, the good thing is uh, there's not really a bad seat in the Coliseum other than other than sitting in another man's lap. Well, to that's that's an opinion. <laughs> but uh, no, dude, we're, we were close to nosebleed, and we we could see a couple yeah. of times. I from a distance, I thought a player was another player, and then I I think it's because of the gray uniforms. The numbers don't come out really clear because it's the blue number. Right. Good turnout. Very quiet at the beginning when nobody was scoring, and then the crowd got into it. Do you think that they were the loudest when they wanted Mackie in? 100%. And we didn't even talk about Mackie in the first segment. That guy, two games in a row that he's made a three. This one he banked in. Yep. And almost got a, I wouldn't call it a floater, but like a he drove to the rim, put it up high off the glass. It bounced around a little bit. I thought it was going to go in. Yeah. Uh, but the crowd super into, and the students super into Spencer Mackey. Number one, getting in the game, and then everybody loses their mind when he has the ball. And everybody on the bench, all of his teammates are over there. They're trying to, they're agging the student section on to chant, and then they're trying to get Huggins to get him in the game. And it's great. And then they, and then the, and the bench lost their mind when Mackey made his shot again. Didn't carry him off the court tonight. Did but. not did not carry him off the court. Um, but more Spencer Mackey means 
so far this year, uh, West Virginia's been in a good situation. The game's out of hand yes. for, for the home team. Um, and then final random thoughts. Uh, they did an alumni recognition at halftime. They basically rolled out the carpet and then just alumni that they could get just walked across the court. Yeah. Um, Selden Jefferson, who I remember watching, this was the Catlett days, uh, he had a Santa beard. <laughs> and that's just a fact. Uh, it makes me feel old. Uh, that's no offense to Selden Jefferson, but it is what it is. People who are close to my age as peers um, have Santa beards. So that's just something we got to deal with. I don't want to speak for you, Neil. I don't know how old you are. Uh, I'm, I'm and I'm not age. asking you to say. I, I'm your age. Who's to say? But but uh, I'm trying to figure out. There was a, two or three names that they called out, and nobody came out. So I'm wondering what happened to those people. <laughs> are they missing? Well, dude, maybe they just kind of they were delayed. Like somebody was talking to them under the basket, and then they came out. And then somebody came out afterwards? Or are you just saying they no-showed it? I, I think they no-showed. Well, let's just... Well, they didn't say every alumni that's ever existed. So I don't know. I, it can't be both. Um, all right, that's it for Random Thoughts. We're, we're in a parking lot. The car's fogging up. We're almost done with this. Final thoughts coming up. Promanti Brothers is a proud sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. They're your go-to brothers on game day and every day. Late night deals start daily at 9 p.m. Great deals on fan favorites, including wings, those awesome sandwiches, and more. Check up with the brothers on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for the latest deals, most up-to-date news, and info on game day specials. Promanti Brothers, your college game day headquarters. Hello? From Promanti Brothers in Morgantown, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Britt, Neil Stone's with me, and this is episode 19, Missouri. I'm going to take the residence in the car because, as you can hear, there's a party going on at Promanti Brothers. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Big thanks again to Permanti Brothers. Uh, the food was yummy. I got an egg on my sandwich. I haven't done that before. The egg was delightful. Neil Stone ordered his sandwich minus coleslaw. I'm not going to judge him on that. You know, people can order things special. Nobody, uh, our waitress Mason, she didn't say anything or, or judge Neil. I mean, for me, one person's opinion that's part of the deal with Hermanti Brothers. You get the coleslaw, you get the fries. Um, again, I'm not judging. I'm just saying what happened. But we both enjoyed our food. Uh, big thanks and shout out to Mason. She was a great waitress. So definitely, when you go to the Hermanti Brothers in Morgantown, request a Mason table. When I talked with Mason, I could have swore, and I'll, you've heard the clip already of what it sounded like in the Permanti Brothers. I kept saying that, I kept thinking her name was Basin. And it's obviously Mason, and nobody's name is Basin. No, that, that would be odd. Basin Dele mm. from the Chicago Bulls. 
Yeah. Or is that bison? Anyway, <laughs> big thanks again to Permanti Brothers. That was really fun. It's great to go have a sandwich after the after the Mountaineers win. So uh, big thanks again, uh, proud sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt, Permanti Brothers. The next game for WVU, and thank you to Neil Stone. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to do the show with you. And next time I, I send in a question to you, I'll make sure to take out the uh, from my iPhone part. All right, dude. Well, let's talk about this. I'm, I'm just pointing it out, okay? And it's probably like a default setting, so it's not a big deal. It's probably a me problem, dude. It's probably a me problem. You don't have to take it out. If it's something you have to press buttons, just leave it in. Well, the next one might come from my iPad. We'll see. We'll Does see it what say happens. that? Oh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. I guess, or, or just don't send me an email. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms, or just one. Do it on Apple Podcasts. Do it on Spotify. Listen on Pocket Cast. Listen on Podbean. Listen on something called Castbox. I'm only going to ask you to do one thing now, and this time I'm going to ask you to subscribe to the podcast. Whatever podcast listening thing you listen to, hit the subscribe button. They all have a subscribe button. Hit that. That helps me, I think. You can listen to the podcast, put it on mute, and not listen to it. Just press the play button. Maximum appreciation. The next game for WVU, this Wednesday, 8 p.m., versus Texas Tech. It's an ESPN Plus game. West Virginia won the home game versus Texas Tech by 12. Uh, Neil, your thoughts on or predictions on what's going to happen on Wednesday? I, I'm hoping for a lot of the same we saw in, in Morgantown. Uh, Texas Tech isn't uh, – they've not been quite as good once they got into conference play as they were beforehand. We're definitely not seeing the team we, they had last year. Uh, I think we just bully them around a little bit more and come out with another W. I think that we're going to lose this game. Mm. Uh, but I'm, I want them to win. How about that? I think any road game, especially against a top 25 team, great defense. I mean, our road record is not bad. But winning on the road in conference is going to be challenging. I'm, as always, going to root for them to win. Yeah. Well, that, that is where our three losses have come from. Three true road losses. Yeah. Everyone, Everywhere else we've won. Yeah. And if we lose, it's not the end of the world. If we win, I'm going to be over the moon. <laughs> Until then. Uh, and Neil Stone is not going to be back for Texas Tech. But uh, Neil always has an open invitation. And by that, I mean I'll build up the courage to ask him to join me again. <laughs> down the road. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. Big thanks again to Permanti Brothers. WVU for the 2019-2020 season, and we're still in the parking lot. 16 wins, 3 losses.